0: Hey, welcome to What's the Tea, the Translink Podcast. I'm your host, John Jang, and on this episode, we talk all about this.
1: Hey, that bus. Yes. Oh,
0: what are we doing to improve bus reliability for you? Let's tap in to What's the Tea.
1: The next station is
2: Welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink
3: podcast.
0: Here's the understatement of the year. Our buses are everywhere. Stand on a street corner in Metro Vancouver, and it's very likely that you're gonna see us within minutes. To help put that into perspective, here's Mike McDaniel, president and general manager for Coast Mountain Bus Company.
2: Every day at peak service, we have about 1500 buses on the road. Weekly, we drive about 2 million kilometers and have about 4.5 million customer boardings. This level of service is not possible without our 3,700 bus operators behind the wheel and our 1,000 maintenance staff that keep buses running smoothly every day. Our behind the scenes players, such as our control center employees we call TCOM, our depot staff among others are just as important as those frontline staff out on the system. It's the perfect choreography of our service, and it's amazing, and it's happening right now today.
0: That control center Mike mentioned is the beating heart of our bus operations, tying the entire system together by providing real-time updates to our staff and adjustments to bus service on the ground. Today, we get to step inside that
1: control center. We manage uh, all the bus service on the road. Uh, We deal with any kind of emergencies that arise, any kind of um, MVAs, uh, blockages, any kind of emergency situation that occurs uh, on the buses as well as any of the uh, TransLink properties.
0: This is Joe Gossel, TCOM duty manager and acting assistant operations manager for CMBC, And we're also joined by Rob Woods.
4: Former transit supervisor, current uh, mobile duty manager out in the field. So I'm a mobile one. For
0: those that just don't know, what is a corridor? How would you explain that? I'll, I'll offer that up to both you gentlemen, whoever wants to take a stab at it.
4: Well, there's a, there's actually a lot of preliminary work that goes into determining what routes we're going to focus on in any particular month. This being fairly new initiative uh, this year, um, we consult with uh, various depots where the, the service operates from, um, the management of that group, operations supervisors, uh, and that's based on um, the transit operator feedback that they're putting in. They, they fill out they're called service comment sheets that go back to operations. So that's one of the first steps that we'll take. We also, because we, in TCOM, we collect all the information through uh, records, daily records and incident records. We'll, we'll uh, data mine the CIRs and pull out a lot of service adjustments that happen on a particular route. And we, we, we factor in all of this together to sort of determine what the next month's focus of route of the month will be for each garage. And so a, a corridor is is basically a particular route.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and with that in mind, what is the corridor deployment project? And what is it designed to do to make uh, just general commuting along those routes efficient, faster, maybe just all around better for maybe
1: not just the customer, but also operators and staff at CNBC? Essentially, it's to improve the service reliability and enhance the customer's experience. So with the corridor management pro, uh, process, we, we look at safety items. We look at, uh, you know, the, the service that's along the route. Transit supervisor will come out, they'll drive a route, um, identify any kind of safety issues or identify any areas of improvement. For example, shelter glass, you know, is there enough shelter for the customers? Um, is there adequate lighting? Uh, and they'll report all that information back via an app, And that information is stored in a database and forwarded up to the appropriate d- departments. Uh, if there's any kind of an immediate issue that's uh, been identified, the transit supervisor will radio up into TCOM and have the appropriate departments come out and, and deal with the issue. In, in real time. Uh, but essentially, uh, they are out there, the users trans- are out there monitoring the service, looking for service delays, trying to um, manage the service as best as possible to provide the um, headway that we promised to our customers.
0: All right, let's pivot really quickly and use a real-world example. And for this, we're heading over to Joyce Cullingwood Station for a chat with Mark Moore, a transit supervisor who's managing the 41st Avenue corridor, which includes the R4 41st Avenue rapid bus.
3: The R4 runs along 41st Avenue in Vancouver, east-west, and it runs express service along with the 41 line that runs stop-to-stop regular service. 41 line was reporting that the R4s were often missing or overloaded, causing overcrowding on the 41s. So after talking to operators, passengers, and looking at the numbers, because of corridor management allowing me to have the time and the resources, I talked with scheduling to have them analyze the data, and sure enough, they found that what the operators and passengers were reporting was true. And because of this, we were able to change the running times from four minutes to three minutes over the a.m. and p.m. rush hours, Monday through Friday, and that should help alleviate the 41 line overcrowding. So it's a win-win. Customers are better off-served and the operators on the 41 lines are not being overloaded. The location that I'm g- gonna enter today is gonna be on 41st Avenue and I'm gonna be putting it out on diversion at Victoria Drive. The issue type that we're doing today is there is congestion and delays due to an a- accident at Night Street. It asks for actions taken. I usually speak this into my phone. I called Transit Communications to have them put a diversion in for the R4 line routing westbound to UBC period. The routing for the reroute is left on Victoria, right on 49th, right on Fraser, left on 41, then regular route. Once I have that in there, I hit next. Quarter management is really important because it gives us the ability to take the time necessary to do detailed looks into certain runs that are having problems, analyze and then suggest actions that we can take to alleviate bottlenecks and just improve customer experience overall, especially in regards to uh, transit efficiency and reliability
0: what they say, knowledge is power and being able to quickly share information on what's happening on a particular route is instrumental in improving bus reliability and that's really what corridor deployment is all about. Alright, let's head back to the TCOM Control Center. So when we're trying to talk about identifying corridors, I think it's great that uh, operators kind of get to input that because they know better than most, right? They are the ones servicing those routes. They talk and deal with the customers who get on and probably have some opinions to share when things are, uh, you know, very busy on a particular afternoon and the sun and maybe the AC, you know, it's not good enough for them. There's a lot of reasons why operators just have that innate knowledge. So with that in mind, um, is it any? Surprise to you that there are probably going to be certain corridors that just kind of consistently pop up in these reports to you, gentlemen, like areas that we know have historically been high traffic areas.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, one area that uh, is uh, along 41st, right? The R4 is continually bunching, right? And then we know of other areas, like, for example, on Scout Road with long term construction projects. So, those areas are, are where we kind of deploy our transit advisors and, and try to manage the service as best as possible. Now, our transit supervisors, are not only talking to the operators, but they're also talking to the customers. And they're listening to their feedback and providing that feedback um, to the transit supervisors who ultimately report it back and, and send it to the appropriate stakeholders.
0: I actually used to live off of 41st Avenue. I was on Victoria in 41. So I was there maybe about six, seven years ago now. And uh, I can tell you, yeah, it is a busy artery. And and. I believe that was before the R four was a thing, but clearly the R four was developed to make again commute along Forty One that much more reliable, that much faster for customers. This corridor development project, or sorry, deployment project. When we're taking taking a look specifically at like Forty First Avenue in Vancouver, uh, what other things are kind of designed to make such a route work a little better for customers? <laughs>
4: Uh, again, there's there's a, a lot of factors that, that play into it. As Joe mentioned, there's there's construction. There's um, simple little things that might not have been picked up or detected uh, on the regular day of just because everybody's so busy, but simple little things where um, a fairly large school might have adjusted their lunch times or their, their end of school times, and it, it all of a sudden has a huge impact because we had already predetermined having overload specials uh, to arrive at a certain location to, to accommodate to the higher than normal volume of people. Um, so we'll pick things like that up through the corridor management uh, in addition to um, all the other obstacles that, that come up on a regular basis.
0: I know one of the key terms that uh, I'm still learning myself because I'm a I'm a I mean, I'm a I'm a rookie really in the big picture of TransLink and all um, is a timing point. So how does timing point sort of work into this equation? What does it mean for you, Joe, at uh, Tcom and for you as well, Rob, does does timing point
1: have uh, any sort of meaningfulness to the customer? Absolutely. So it's to basically to space out the service. So if uh, something is running ahead of schedule, it allows the uh, operator to, or the the customer to have the opportunity to catch the bus from a certain point. So, uh, for example, uh, if you're on a um, uh, 49 going from Metrotown, the first timing point is at uh, 49th and Canby. and so it allows the customer uh, an opportunity to actually be able to catch or have a reliable time, uh, which the customer will have be able to reference in terms of a timetable to catch the bus. All the stops in between are approximate um, times that are published in the time in the timetables.
0: How does it happen where we see uh, a number of the same buses uh, or at least servicing the same route get all sort of bunched up together? I mean, we generally like we love going to the grocery store, buying bunches of grapes, bunches of bananas. We do not like seeing bunches of buses. So I want to ask, how does that happen? And when it is happening, How do we correct it as soon as we can?
4: The prelude to the deployment management uh, formal uh, program that we're under now. Uh, we were testing certain areas on the effectiveness of, of focusing on certain routes along a corridor. Um, so out in Surrey, along Fraser Highway, right up from Aldergrove, Langley to Surrey Central, uh, we had a number of buses coming in. And by the time they reached sort of midpoint or a little bit more than midpoint around 156, 152nd, um, there were large trains of buses coming through. So the, the first one was packed. The second one was pretty full. The sec- third or fourth was pretty empty because they had caught up to each other. So one of the things that we discovered was um, if we put a timing point at 168th and made sure that we're holding buses and and force the space in between buses. So we, we we effectively found and discovered that through our focuses on, on that corridor, put in that timing point and it it 100% fixed the problem. It, it kept the spacing when it got into the the more highly populated area of Surrey uh, along 156, you know, 160th, 156th down towards Surrey Central, there was there was sufficient um, space between buses and, and more balanced loads on the buses.
0: Let's pause here for a moment and just take a deep dive on this. How many times have you asked yourself, why is my bus running late? To that end, we bring in our good friend David Cooper, the principal at Leading Mobility Consulting,
2: for yet another Scoop with Coop. When you look at customer satisfaction surveys and you talk to your friends and uh, at parties, I'll give you an example, like, you know, you work at transit and people sometimes at a holiday party or a birthday party will ask, what do you do if they don't know you? And one of the first complaints I'd always get when I worked in transit system is like, why is the number 81 bus always late? And and sometimes I'd be able to answer that question or sometimes I've had friends that, You know, are traveling and they'll text me because somehow i know why their bus is late which is not always the case but there's a whole bunch of reasons and i have a high patience for this as someone who's worked in transit for so many years of why buses are late it could be anything and it could be a combination of all the things at the same time too it could be anything from traffic in the local area it could be anything from there's construction that um that you didn't know about it's and it's navigating through a construction area it could be Things such as the bus is overloaded because the previous trip was canceled and everyone's ferrying themselves onto the current bus, and the bus is taking additional time to to get people on and off because it's uh, running late, or the previous bus running earlier didn't come. Um, there could be an onboard emergency sometimes that just puts the service out of um, out of uh, schedule or, or or delays the service. There could be an accident on the road that causes uh, delays. There could be. Uh, fair payment issues where sometimes people increase the dwell time because they can't figure out how to um, navigate the system. Sometimes, you know, it could be the bus leaving the its terminal late. So there could be a whole myriad of reasons of why uh, buses are late.
0: Things like the corridor deployment project are designed to improve bus reliability and performance for our customers. For now, let's get back to Joe and Rob seems like based on what I'm hearing from you gentlemen, like the early stages of the results of doing this is that it's actually working very effectively.
4: You're right. Um, in the background, um, when all this data is being collected from the transit supervisors using their, their phone apps and, and filling in these forms. Um, we summarize it in real time we look at it on a week-to-week basis as we, we upload the most recent uh, data that's been collected and and we compile it all together and we're able to, to determine okay there's a, a, a packet of information that needs to go to scheduling packet needs to go to long-term planning and where to where to put those those resources and where, to, where that information goes so we're, it, it's an important tool that augments what we had all along. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a new step to react a little bit faster to, to certain demands. As you pointed out, a, a lot of new people coming to Metro Vancouver, uh, we have to be ready and we have to have the tools and the, the ability to react sometime sooner rather than later.
0: Um, final thoughts, uh, Joe. I'll, I'll go to you. Like for for TCom, what are you excited about at TCom moving forward? Knowing that there's projects coming that are designed to make lives of operators and transit supervisors and customers a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, new technology is exciting. We're looking at uh, new functionality within our Caddy VL software, uh, which will give us the ability to manage uh, service on the road uh, a lot better than what we are right now. Uh, We will have uh, opportunities to um, basically um, have a one-stop shop. And, you know, with the transit supervisors, they're out and about, they're, you know, we want them out of their cars in the field, talking to people, right? Talking to operators, talking to the customers and enhancing that experience, right? Listening to what concerns are, reporting those concerns back, uh, and so that they they feel that they have a voice to be heard, right, or their voice is being heard. And, you know, that information gets back and we want to be able to provide them with an answer, right? So transit are out there giving out their business cards, you know, responding to customers uh, in real time, right? Addressing any concerns. It ultimately will bring down uh, complaints and make the service more reliable.
0: In a perfect world, our buses follow its schedule to a T every single time. Unfortunately, that's just not how things work in the real world. And as we learned, buses can be late for a variety of reasons that is often beyond the operator's control, such as traffic. But there's so much work being done behind the scenes to keep buses as reliable as possible for you. Projects like corridor deployment help us identify and overcome challenges with reliability in our system. Because we know, at the end of the day, you depend on us. Now here's the best part you can be a part of the solution. We're always looking for your input through our customer feedback form at translink.ca slash feedback. My thanks to Joe Gossel and Rob Woods for their time and insight, and all of our friends at the Coast Mountain Bus Company for their help. David Cooper for another scoop with Coop, producer Alan working tirelessly behind the scenes as always, and you for listening and subscribing. I've been your host, John Jang. Until next time, have a safe trip. become all too familiar
1: with problems. It's time we're introduced to some solutions. The Transit-Friendly Employer Certification exists to support and promote transit use.
0: One of the easiest, most effective actions we can take to address climate action and livability. Organizations that provide a 50% transit subsidy will receive this certification. The time to act is now. Become a Transit-Friendly Employer today.